Hi, this is Joanne Dennison, and welcome to the first uh, podcast of 2022 of Sit in the Attendees Chair. Uh, we've taken a little, little like five-month hiatus from them, but we got lots of good ones uh, coming up and planned, and I'm really excited to do this one today. Okay, I'm always excited when we do these, but we'll just go with, yeah, I am really excited to do this one today. So I want to introduce you. We're doing something very different since uh, those of you who have listened from the beginning know this has been a learning process in every way. So we came today planning to do it one way technology-wise, and we ended up doing it a different way technology-wise. Uh, so um, we actually are, I'm in the studio, in the podcast studio at Westford Community Access TV, uh, which I can't say enough good, wonderful things about. You should look in your community to see what's there. And um, with me handling, okay, this is a little scary, people. Handling the technology today is... Steve the Great, here behind the control board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept saying, are you sure we should do this? But um, so Steve's in the studio with me and then on Zoom with me. And no, you can't see the video when we didn't know we were doing Zoom uh, today. But we all get to see each other is first of all from, uh, you know, our company is Kelly. Why don't you say a little bit about yourself, Kelly, in case people haven't met you yet? Hi, my name's Kelly. I work with Joanne. I'm kind of like her assistant. Um, I started out as her student, and then she invited me to come work for her, and I've been loving it ever since. And we love having her. Um, some of you may remember Pauline. Uh, Pauline is no longer working with us because her visa status has changed. Um, part of you uh, might remember that she is from France. And so currently she is unable to work with us, but uh, you know we miss her and I'm sure she'll drop in occasionally also. But we love having Kelly still with us and she's taking on more and more responsibility and um, yeah, couldn't, couldn't do it without her. Um, and then our guest today is uh, Tracy Bear. And Tracy's on Zoom with us too. So Kelly is remote. Kelly's in Boston right now. Um, and Tracy is outside of Chicago. Um, and Tracy is a student of mine from back back in the old days when we used to do in-person classes. Oh my gosh, it doesn't really seem that long ago in some ways. But uh, we met at the Q Center in St. Charles, Illinois. That's right, right, Tracy? That's where it's located, yep. right? That's where you're located mm -hmm. too, right? You live yes. right in St. Charles. So Q Center yes. is an absolutely amazing property. Um, I loved, I got to go there two or three times and teach classes. And it has such an incredible history of starting out as a, religious retreat or a college or both and then became a corporate um uh conference center and it is incredible and the grounds are incredible and i just love that property um so look it up it's about 45 minutes west of chicago proper well you can't go east you'll be in the, the lake is it um what is that rating it's been so long for the uh iac center IAC, is it iac uh, yeah, it is a IAC center. I'm pretty sure it still holds the IAC status. So it's fascinating to look at. Um, I, I just was amazed by that property every time I got to go there. So Tracy came to take one of my in-person classes, and I think you came to the class twice when I had it there. Yep. Um, 
And uh, we got to know each other. And some of you are going to know a very familiar story about Tracy, but didn't know it was Tracy. But we'll get to that. Uh, so Tracy is a CMP from my classes. I'm always very proud of that. Oh, I'm proud of everyone who has a CMP, but obviously I'm, you know, a huge cheerleader for, quote, my CMPs. Um, but she also has the CFMP, which is a Certified Faith Meeting Professional. So we're going to talk about that today and uh, the organization that has that. So hopefully, no, I know you will learn something new today about the industry um, because she works in such a specific niche that most of us don't even know exists, to be honest. So um, Tracy, welcome. Thanks so much for coming on. This Thanks for having a, me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I'm so glad to see you, even if it's over Zoom. I, You know, there's a lot of advantages of Zoom. I haven't seen you in quite a while. Um, so let's start by talking about how did you get into events? Okay. So I was working as a nurse um, doing foot and ankle surgery, and my daughter was turning 13 and I felt like I needed more time at home. Because, you know, working in events, you have a lot more time at home. <laughs> so, grass always looks greener, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so our local church um, was looking for an administrative assistant for the um, administration director. And I badgered the HR lady until she hired me. And Good. Uh, Good. Yeah. <laughs> Persistent. Uh, I did that for a little while until the events manager position opened up and our administration director thought that that would be a good fit for me. Um, and I thought, well, okay. She runs the coffee shop and runs the bookstore and does some meetings. And that, oh, that's great. Let's do that because it looks like fun. How big is this church? Um, it's a mega church outside mm -hmm. Chicago. So we have about 6,000 people on the weekends um, at five different locations. Wow. But 1500 that come to the location that I was working in. Wow. And you're up to five other satellite churches? I think yeah, it was four, four others. It's five total. Okay. That's grown even since I met you because I think there was only two at that time. There uh, might have been two or three. Yeah. yeah. So we're up to five. Yeah. Hold on. Um, did you think when you took that job, you know, okay, I can do this? You know, it's like, um, as Joanne says, it's easy. Get a room and a coffee, some coffee. Did, How hard can it be? Yeah. Well, I didn't realize that it was also going to be like kind of overseeing our building services department. So it was also room setups and opening and closing doors and, you know, like blocking the systems and all that. It just it was it turned into uh, a lot more than I anticipated, but it was so much fun. Um, we ended up having I uh, oversaw a team of seven ladies and we had five kitchens in the um, a building and we ended up doing concerts five for kitchens. Like, mm hmm. Yep. Uh, but we ended up doing concerts for like we had VeggieTales twice, the big like 25 mm -hmm. foot VeggieTales. Um, we did um, like kind of like rock concerts. So we had Super Chick, we had Barlow Girls, we had Avalon. These are um, faith based mm -hmm. um, bands. We had um, Lincoln Brewster. We had um, oh all kinds of them. So we would have um, big concerts. We sell tickets and sell merchandise, and um, then we'd have ladies tea. We'd have several seatings of a ladies' tea, which was humongous. We'd have men's breakfasts. And then we'd even do just small things like, you know, board meetings and um, Bible studies and things like that. So um, I did that for about seven years. Wow. Any weddings? Uh, weddings. Oh, yes. Weddings, of course. We had one lady that her whole job was just weddings, and she had a whole team of volunteers that did that. Yep. 
How much, so obviously you have a very large sanctuary if it will fit 1,500 people at mm -hmm. one time. How many other large meeting spaces, meeting and event spaces were in the, I mean, I'm still back on the five kitchens, but, um, you know, how many, like, room space, like how big, obviously people could do their wedding reception there, I'm guessing, too. Um, we had 28 rooms. We had um, our major auditorium seat would seat about 1,800. Then we had a chapel that would seat, um, it was, they were set like multi-purpose. So you could do round tables or you could do theater. If it was theater, it would seat about 400. We had um, in our student center, it had its own theater and it would seat also about 400, but it was also um, set like a cafe. So it had an entire area that was set with like booths and um, pool tables and Wii and PlayStation, and it had its own cafe. Um, the main church had its own coffee shop. Um, and it had a communion kitchen, that's three kitchens, and we had the staff kitchen, it's four, and then we had the um, catering kitchen, which was five. And then down in our um, children's wing, we called it Kids World, they had their own theater, and it was sit, um, done in like carpet piers, uh, tiers, so the kids mm -hmm. could sit on the floor, they, the tiers were like 24 inches wide, and so they could, they wouldn't have to have chairs. And I think they could seat, I don't know, 200 kids um, in there. And that was its own theater. And those had pods. So they're um, kindergarten through fifth grade in half moons. So mm -hmm. it was like you know, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade. Mm -hmm. and, um, so you could, and they were also like multi-purpose rooms. So and what then we had a gymnasium. <laughs> we had a gymnasium <laughs> and a stage in there because that was the second worship area before we had the main auditorium. We used to have that area as worship and that was retrofitted with a gym floor. So we could also have banquets in there and, um, you know, but we had basketball teams, we had volleyball teams, we had all kinds of stuff. And that all fell under that department? Yep. <laughs> hmm. And As when I started, we didn't have a building reservation system. <laughs> we got that in place as quickly as possible. It was all done on post-its, stuck on people's uh, desk. Well, yeah. Yeah, it was like, I'm going to reserve this room tonight, stick, you know. That, that, uh, that had to stop. That, that didn't fly with you, huh? Didn't, no, no. It didn't fly. No. <laughs> So the largest space, let's say, to have a banquet would have been how many people? Um, it would have been the gymnasium. And uh, gosh, it's been a little while. I can't remember how many tables we could get in there. But we could, I think we could have 800 people. Wow. Okay. So you learned pretty quickly, I'm guessing, a lot of things. And, uh, yes. and then is that where you also uh, were in charge of... Um, no, you said it was a volunteer that you did in terms of uh, broadcasting the actual church services, right? Yeah. So, so you I learned also, virtual and technology way before we were thinking about it, because I met you in 2018, I'm guessing, and you'd already been doing it for a couple of years. Um, we met in 2019, and I started at the church in 2007. Okay. So I've been doing that for a while, and I because I was producing the services um, shortly after I started because I liked the technology of it all. So um, the producer was the person that ran everything on the inside of the auditorium, and I ran everything on the outside of the auditorium. So let's explain to the listeners, because if if people really haven't seen how some of the mega churches work and everything like that, so you have like a, a home, a host church, a main, a mothership, yep. or whatever you yep. want to call main it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then, as you said, you now have four others, and you were streaming the services yes. from the main campus out to those other four campuses. Yes. When we first started doing it, 
it was a, a replay. So we have a Saturday night and a Sunday service. So we record the Saturday night and run the video out on so they could have it on Sunday morning. Okay. But as technology advanced, then we could live stream. So we've been streaming before this whole way event. before. Yeah. And before like what kind of platforms were you using to do that? I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of people only even have heard of some of this stuff in the, you know, past couple of years. Uh, that would be a good question because we had an entire tech team. Mm-hmm. So I just would come in and like run the show. Yeah. So actually, I couldn't tell you. You call the show basically is what you would do. Yeah. It sounds like got yeah. it. That is absolutely amazing. So boy, were you well prepared for the last two years? You know, you would think. <laughs> <laughs> I learned all kinds of stuff last year or two years ago. I still can't even sign on to a Microsoft Teams meeting successfully. <laughs> I don't know. That platform seems to absolutely hate me. Steve, you want to say something? I, I have been enlightened because, you know, I was typically thinking of a religious conference annual meeting. And this is like uh, this is like religious conference on steroids. This is like things going on all the time, all kinds of different things. Well, it's like a corporation oh, that absolutely. has ongoing meetings and events or yeah. an association that has ongoing yeah. meetings or no, events. I, I, have, I have learned something. Good. Kelly, are you surprised to hear all this? I am, yes. I'm, it's something I haven't really thought about or heard much about. So I, I am. I feel like I'm going to learn a lot from this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people just don't think about this. Um, And uh, I'm trying to decide if this, well, let's go on with your chronological, you know, your, your life story here, and then we'll go back to the the story that now shows up in my class, thanks to Tracy. Um, So, okay, so you said you did that. That was for your church and you did that for how many years you held that position? Um, I held that position until 2015. Okay. And then um, our, one of our children's pastors had left previously and went to an organization called International Network of Children's Ministry, and he had asked me to come and join him to be the events manager, and so I did. So in 2015, I transitioned over to that organization and um, was in charge of running the um, annual conference. At that time, where there were two of them, an East Coast and a West Coast, um, called Children's Pastors Conference. And in total, we had about um, 2,500 children's ministry leaders, not the children, the grownups, um, for a three-day conference with general sessions, breakouts, and a trade show floor. Very cool. Yeah. So I did that for a few years until um, it was not really a sustainable model. And um, so I no longer, uh, my services were no longer needed after a few years. So I ended up working outside of the um uh, industry for a few years. And then while that was happening behind the scenes, things were growing again. They were, since they weren't doing um, things quite as robustly, they were able to get their feet back under them. And so in February of 2020, uh, I came back just in time to change their in-person event for 2021 to an online event. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm the, um, I'm the COO there now. And our event that we just did January of 2022 was full steam ahead, three full days, full trade show, 2,500 people. And where was that held? Uh, in Orlando. Okay. And, you know, we might as well talk about, you know, I was thinking you're the only person who came back into the industry as the, uh, as the pandemic hit. Everyone else, like, 
did their stepping out of the industry to find a job and everything. So it's pretty ironic that you did yours in reverse, but that's all good. I'm uh, so busy. <laughs> oh, I, I can't even imagine. You know, I know a number of people who got jobs like new jobs, like February, January, February, March, and suddenly had to switch everything to, I mean, everyone did, but when it's a new job on top of it, it's like, what? So let's talk about this one because, you know, a lot of people are just beginning to go back to face-to-face -face meetings or hybrid. So that's my first question. Was your January meeting um, all face-to-face -face or was there also hybrid? So or we did our full face-to-face -face, um, meeting just the way we normally would, but then we recorded the content and we did a live hosted replay, um, kind of a, we called it a taste of CPC in February, a month later. Oh, okay. And did you have a lot of people attend that? Um, we had uh, maybe around five or 600, but oh. we did serve 21 countries. Wow. wow. So was the facility in, in Orlando that was already under contract or did you have to find one or was it Florida because Florida was about the only place you could have a face-to-face -face meeting for a period of time of a large number? We're under contract through 2026. Oh, okay. At the same space? Um, no, but in Orlando. In Orlando. Oh, okay. And where was this? What was the space for this year's? The we Convention Center? Coronado the Coronado Springs. Resort. Oh, okay. On Disney. Okay. Okay. Wow. So it sounds like it went, you know, really well. I mean, talk about charging in and just out of curiosity, what did you all do in terms of COVID protocols? Again, obviously, maybe a little different because it was Florida. You didn't have a lot of state laws to um, uphold. Uh, we had but, to follow Disney's rules, which at the time was uh, masks indoors. Okay. At all times. Yeah. So we did. Um, okay. We, did, we didn't have to do, um, by that time, we, we didn't have to do the uh, change the room setups at all. Mm -hmm. um, but just to make some people comfortable, we did... Uh, have a section in our general session that did have chairs that were more spread out. Okay. Um, and because we had already been planning to accommodate um, uh, the COVID like room changes, mm -hmm. we in our uh, in our trade show we had 15 foot aisles, which actually people really appreciated because it wasn't so crowded. Yeah, I bet. Getting, getting through and it actually didn't look bad either. So we might continue like 12 foot aisles. Yeah. Um, this next year, and. Um, yeah, it, it seemed to go really well. Um, we didn't do vaccine status things. We didn't do COVID testing. We didn't okay. do temperature checks. We they didn't, didn't have to that. submit that when they registered or anything like that. Nope. Okay. Nope. And yeah. um, we also didn't, we weren't the mask police. We left that to up to Disney. We just okay. told everybody, this is the protocol. We are asking that you wear a mask. Disney is asking that you wear a mask. So we're just going to leave it at Having that. Having Disney behind you helps a lot, I'm guessing. Yes. Definitely. And being able to say that we're going to a location whose organization is the worldwide leader in crowd management yeah. um, was a bonus when it came to um, making our uh, audience feel at ease about returning to an in-person meeting. Yep. I can believe that because I, uh, obviously they've had stricter protocols than the state has many of the times um, about yep. protecting their brand. That's really, so you said 2,500 people, huh? Yes. Oh, welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Um, do you have another one coming up this year? Another big one? Or uh, what do you have? 
This year, no, we're done. We okay. do the one big one and then the broadcast because we live host it. We go to a studio and we um, we live host it so it doesn't feel so impersonal. Yeah, no, I like that. And then throughout the year, we do um, many online events. Um, they're like a, a one day, three hour, four hour kind of a thing. And then um, uh, webinars, one hour webinars, and they're like every other. And then we release recorded trainings and things like that through our membership platform. So we're doing those things behind the scenes throughout the year all while planning the January event. And you said, uh, do people actually belong to your organization or just anyone can, there's members? Yes, I mean, uh, you, anyone can join membership, it's not exclusive, right. but um, we have uh, transitioned to a membership model from an a la carte like store model mm-hmm. for the training um, and resources. And that seems to be um, going really well because we don't have to people don't have to like save their emails that have links to things and they lose right. their replay links and all that it's just all on a on a platform now it's also more sustainable for the organization easier Definitely. to plan when you have some clue and you said people are worldwide yes and did you have many people come from i'm trying to remember what we were doing in january in terms of international travel and i'm not really remembering because i don't think we could even travel to and from canada yet in january no, um, we didn't. So, was everyone at yours from the U.S.? Um, I believe so. Yeah, I believe January was. Yeah, all January was still kind of because we were coming out of the <clears throat> Omicron first strain yep. thing. So, yep. very cool. Okay, so um, let me ask you this: so, so talking about associations and certifications and and things like that obviously they now know that you went for your cmp and and obtained it why why did you think that was important and why did you go for it versus a different certification at the time so back when i was at the church and was really starting to fall in love with um the meeting planning industry one of the ladies on my team had been a previous uh, cmp and worked with marriott and uh, i really learned a lot from her and just the respect that the cmp program um, brings to the uh, industry and just the the language that it brings it brings a common language that um, is used around the world um, and I thought like, it's completely unattainable. It's, there's so much involved with that, that I'm certainly never going to be able to make it. So it was kind of that like far out dream. And, um, so I took a, a different course, um, a much simpler course, um, through the international school of hospitality. And that, um, was encouraged by the church at the time so that, it, um, it just gave me, cause I didn't have any training in events. I was, I just come As from, most of us don't. Right, yeah. right. So like, I, I wanted a little, a little um, something behind me just to kind of say, like, yeah, I do know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, transitioned into the International uh, Network of Children's Ministry, and would wanted so badly to get my CMP. It was too busy. I didn't have time. So when I had my little hiatus, I actually had a lot of time on my hands, um, and then decided I was, you know, would really like to do it, didn't know how to get back into it, wasn't sure. And then you showed up. And literally like, in your backyard. Oh, literally, <laughs> literally, like two minutes from my house. It was going to be 16 hours. I had a few already. Um, I was coming to the window of time where my, you have had worked within your, within the last three years. Mm-hmm. So I was coming into that, like a two year, two and a half year mark. Um, so I'm like, it's like now or never. And so 
uh, I took your class in April and I passed the test in August because at the time it was only four times a year. Yep. This was offered. So I was super excited when that happened. And so uh, I just, yeah, got my CMP in August of 2019. Amazing. Amazing. But yeah, I mean, when I realized that you actually lived in St. Charles and uh, St. Charles is not a huge community from what I can tell, you know, um, it's, you know, these series of small towns out there and, and everything in this, you know, comfort center happens to be there and Tracy also happens to live there. So it was definitely kind of crazy. Did did Tracy call you when she passed? Oh, of course. Of course. (laughs) I've sat in the parking lot, like shaking like a little dog. And I'm like, I passed the test. Oh my gosh. I've never been so nervous in my life. I did everything you did. I I read all the books. I read them twice. I did the the vocabulary with the highlighter. Um, I, I ignored the coffee chart. Like you name it. I did it. And I got to the second question. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. I, I'm never going to pass this test. I, what am I doing here? So I was so nervous when I got to the end of the test, like, please be green, please be green. So when the little check mark came up, I, I just about died. Like, thank <laughs> the Lord. I passed the test. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, you know, uh, and I love the fact that you talk about how you came from such a different field, you know, and I think there's so many listeners, so many people I've met in the industry, including myself. Well, I guess I kind of was in the industry, but so many people, like I've met people like you who were, you know, uh, nurses. I've had more than one nurse. I've had a fashion designer. I've had, you know, nutritionist. who? A nutritionist. nutritionist, a registered dietitian, uh, you know, all these people. And I think when they trip into this industry and that's kind of how it goes is like, oh, okay, but you know what? I love this. But again, that feeling of, I'm pretty sure I can do it, but there's that little voice and a lot of other people going, why would you do that? You went to nursing school. Why'd you blah, 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 blah. Um, And I think we all run into that at times, but I think you, you know, sharing that just because you change fields entirely, and I know you made some other decisions to finish some things that a lot of people run into, um, uh, you know, as they're going along their career path. Um, I think that's so important that people know it doesn't matter where you started. Just you can, when you find your place, when you find your path, when you find your world, your people, whatever you want to do, you can figure out and there's resources out there to learn how to do it and do it better. And yeah, I agree. You know, the same reason I got the CMP was because I knew I could do it. Okay, there was a little voice in my head going, eh, maybe not, because um, I had come from colleges and universities, and I had started my own business um, because I didn't know not to, which, you know, reflecting back is an interesting thought. But, you know, it was like, but I couldn't say I worked at some big corporation or, you know, I came out of colleges and universities doing orientations and graduations and all those things and getting a credential, and in my case, mine was a CMP also, Um it does make you go, yeah, see, uh-huh, I can. And and people just don't question you as much. Um, so there is something to be said for that. But you also have a second certification, which is a relatively new certification, not just to you, but in general, because I was looking at a list I had from about five years ago, and 
of like credentials in the industry and um, this one wasn't on there. So, you know, I it's a pretty new. So let's talk first about um, the organization that you belong to, RCMA, which is the Religious Conference Management Association, right? I got the name right. Or is it Congress? Do they do conference or Congress? No. They do uh-huh. conference? Okay. Yeah. I thought so. Um, I'm, I have to admit, I didn't know anything about this organization until maybe probably less than 10 years ago. They are a member of the Events Industry Council, EIC. So they're one of those 30-something organizations that recognizes and supports the CMP as an overall umbrella industry certification. But uh, if you've listened to past podcasts, you've heard us talk about like SITE and the CIS and ASTI and... Diana, don't kill me. I forget the letters for your certification. But, you know, that there are then specific ones that go to, um, you know, if you want to channel in more on one. So just tell you a little bit about my perspective about RCMA. And and then uh, certainly Tracy is more of an expert. I had the incredible opportunity for three years to speak at their national conference or international conference. And it was just such an interesting learning experience. You know, I love walking around everyone's trade show floors because learning what would be on a trade show floor for someone is pretty interesting. But it was, you know, it sounds, it kind of sounds silly, but the the vibe, the feeling, the aura in this group is unlike anything else and how they channel faith, not necessarily religion per se, but faith through everything they do, I just found amazing and I love being with them and I love speaking for them. Uh, what, what were you gonna say? Uh, was that where um, I think they, they said they needed three square feet per person because everybody brought their Bibles in and they wanted to spread oh, them out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was teaching a half day CMP class one year at it and I was teaching, for those of you who've sat in class, you know, we, uh, you know, frequently comes up about you know linear feet on a classroom table or on a u or a square and you know we talk about it needs to be minimally one and a half preferably two and you know three and i talk about how everyone brings all their stuff you know their laptop their tablet their phone their and this this gentleman this is when i, I think it was the first year i spoke for them so this was like my first introduction to to the types of meetings and events that they planned and the people who they did. And this one guy goes, oh, yeah. And I'm not making fun of this at all. It was just like this aha moment. He goes, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. When they come, they bring seven editions of the Bible. And they and I'm going, in my head, I'm going, there's seven editions of the Bible? Like, this was like this huge, like, whoa to me. And because it, one of his groups were scholars that compared and contrasted different versions of the Bible. He's like, it takes up so much room. And I just remember thinking, okay, you have never been in an environment like this before, even logistically. But what I love is he knew his people, and it resonated, and it made my point, you know, uh, apply to his life so anyway love rcma tell us about your involvement with rcma and then about the certification that you have earned from them tracy so um the uh organization really um what i enjoy about it is that it connects me to other people who um, are just like-minded 
Um, they also are planning faith-based meetings. Um, when I go to, when I'm in need of a service in Orlando, I'm able to connect with those who um, are also faith-based um, um, just service providers, which we like to try and um, stay in that arena if we can. Not always do the CVBs have that um, type of contact. Interesting. Um, so, um, Wait, stop for a minute. Now you got me on another train. Then remind me to come back to this. Do your specs for any of your products and services have something that's very specific to faith-based? Mm, I don't think so. I was just curious. I don't think there's anything very specific. The only, the only thing that we um, are really careful about is um, who else is meeting in the space. Mm -hmm. um, that was really one of our um, big things that we learned. <laughs> one of the first years we did it, we, we, uh, we went on a site visit. Mm -hmm. And as we were doing the site visit, um, there was a bikini uh, oh, contest yeah. happening. There mm -hmm. was like a, like a um, beauty contest of some sort. And that was very awkward for the male uh, production team that was traveling with us. So we yeah. were like, okay, note to self, we've got to make sure we know who else is in the building as we're traveling. Um, and, and in Chattanooga, we actually followed a cheerleading contest. Mm. So it was borderline awkward. Yeah. Um, so that's just something that we are mindful of. Um, but I don't know that we have anything specific in our specs. Yeah, obviously oh, yeah, you can't do anything like casinos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Sorry, just thought of that okay. because, you know, I mean, I've met meeting planners where, you know, like one that worked for one of the the weather meteorological and everyone, this was back a number of years ago, every hotel they used had to have a weather access to the weather channel. Uh, you know, just like you find, you talk to these people, and it's just like these little things that you wouldn't think of until you're in the organization. So anyway, back to you're finding people through RCMA. Go ahead. Um, and discovered that they had a um, certified faith-based meeting planners um, certification and thought, well, I, even though I have the CMP, this is really in um, kind of in our, in our wheelhouse, in my wheelhouse. It's in our uh, area of um, expertise. And I thought it would be really, really great to have that um, certification added to my credentials just um, to serve the, the organization that I work for in just a different fashion. Um, I feel like the CMP, of course, speaks for itself. And I, I love that I can come to the table and like you said, not have to explain myself. Um, but this just adds another layer um, to the conversation even before I get there. Yeah. Um, and it also says to the to the folks that I'm working with, um, oh, hang on a second. We, we lost you for a minute. As far as face goes, but I have Kelly. I can hear you. Do I have Joanne back? Yeah, um, it's on our end. Uh, can we all hear each other now? I'm back. Yes. Okay. okay. Good. Okay. Just repeat a little bit of what you just said. I, as, right the one thing these days is you no longer have to explain to people that technology causes problems. So <laughs> go right, right ahead. No, uh, what I was saying is that um, the CFMP, um, having that credential in our world, it just, like the CMP, speaks ahead of me yeah. when I'm going into a meeting that this is going to be like a faith-based conversation. Um, and it, it brings just a different feel to the room. Um, People tend to use different words uh -huh. when they're speaking in, uh, you know, to our uh, organization than they would maybe in some other conversations. Um, and they know that we're looking for certain things. Um, 
and it depends on like with the situation, but some of the things that we learned in the CFMP course uh, in, within the training is just things that you may not think about, like um, uh, how le you know what legal terms, different legal terms that are that like things that we have to watch out for. Nonprofit, for example, mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of different things for nonprofit. Like, and Steve the Great ought to know about this. The mm -hmm. tax tax man. Nonprofit is your status. Your tax status, it doesn't necessarily define who you are. So it there's a difference. People treat you differently knowing you're nonprofit. It's it uh, it just changes the game. So being under you know, being able to understand how a nonprofit works, how that affects your contracts, mm -hmm. you know, all that kind of thing. Um, you learn a little bit more about that. Do you learn about UBIT? Unrelated business income tax? Did you all learn about that at all when they were talking about that nonprofit? No. I don't think so. No. Mm, if you ever need yeah. <laughs> talk talk to me later <laughs> i know I, I i've been listening to the podcast and i'm like hmm i think steve and i need to have a yeah especially if you're coo <laughs> now i would yes. think also because i know when rcma in the early days and i don't honestly know if christian was actually in the name or not but it was a heavily christian based organization but one of the things i was so impressed by when i went because that was kind of my image of it was how much diversity there was in the attendees um, of you know all all types of Christian faiths, but other faith faiths. Boy, that's hard. Um, also, so I'm imagining that because you might be faith based, but not necessarily to a specific religion. Um, so I'm guessing inclusivity is a big like making sure when you're picking meals when you're you know just being and i'm sure um the rcma staff i know they are because i i would watch things and go oh they're doing this because of i mean inclusivity meant something completely different um and what i loved that is the only organization that i've ever spoken to a group where i had 80 something year olds in my room and for those of you who don't know it's very interesting because a lot of the people who attend this conference they are volunteers especially the women they were their churches this they belong to a group of women who do a regional this who then do a national meeting these women are incredible well some of them keep doing it and, and i mean doing it well in their 70s and 80s and to learn there was probably people there in their 90s for all i know they have they have run these church-based conferences and meetings in their faith for 20 30 40 50 60 years and it was amazing to meet these it was primarily women um, so there was paid staff that were planning meetings and events and there were volunteer staff who had devoted their whole life to running and a lot of it was would you agree tracy women's women's i don't even know what they're they would be called a lot of the christian church lines have them you know um but what was way cool one was hearing the events that they were doing but one of the uh breakout sessions i did at maybe the last one was actually on different generations how to include different generations in your meeting and event. And I had people in the room who are in their 20s 
and I had people in the room who were in their 80s. And for all of you who think that, you know, someone in their 80s is going to go, well, this is the way we've done it for 60 years. These women, they just jumped all over the material that I was talking about. Like, oh, you know, because it was like, how do you bring the generations together? And I was talking about how a lot of research had been done that showed younger generations got tired of hearing, well, it's our 50-year anniversary, and this is how we started. And but So how do you bring that heritage and history of a group, and I don't know if your group gets involved in this at all or not too, but how do you bring the history and heritage to your group to a younger generation without them just tuning out and boring. And they had, once they got going on this idea, how they were going to draw things together to make it more real and live. And I was so, I, even thinking about it, I'm so like energized thinking about being in the room with these people. And this has to have been at least six years ago, probably. Um, but it's just that diversity. This is one of the most diverse national well international whatever conferences that you will go to is the rcma one so if you have anything to do with face based i would definitely and if you're in someone who is looking at dei you know again they were doing this way before we were really talking about it and um i was supposed to let you talk but sorry this is a really good memory um one of the things that literally brought me to tears is they start out with a sit-down breakfast. Their opening session is a sit-down breakfast, and it was done um, like family style. Well, not family style, but we were sitting at longs, not rounds. And I can remember to this day, it, we were in Sacramento, and um, the Interfaith Council of Sacramento helped them put together the opening session. And what they did was a series of prayers and graces to open the door, you know, and open the whole conference. And there were people from every faith, including uh, indigenous, you know, the Native American. And what they did, I was crying before we even started breakfast. It was so moving because it was that... uh, that we're more same than we are different. It was definitely that feeling. So sorry, had to go off on those two tangents. But um, back to you, Tracy, because it's really supposed to be about you. But but it was an eye opener for me as a meeting and event planner too. Like, definitely, it's faith focused. But you're trying to be. You are need to be inclusive and how do you do that in all those ways and like you said even language that is used and just things that might be very off-putting to someone depending on what their faith was and and everything um yeah we serve we serve 40 different denominations as well wow uh yeah i get where you're coming from and we have um 80 percent women and we do have a variety of ages. So we do have them all the way down to brand new in ministry at 20 years old and all the way to the ones who have been doing it for 60 years. So we, we have a similar audience as well. That's so neat, though. That's so, I mean, do you just kind of stand in awe of some of those people when Absolutely. you meet them? I mean, I, I just, yeah, these women, they, uh, I'll tell you, you want to see a strong group of women, go to these women who are running their churches or they may not have been able to be the clergy, but they're running the churches. <laughs> you know that. And our staff is volunteer. There's only nine of us on staff. We can't run a conference for 2,500 people with nine people. Right. 
So we, we do run it with about 100 volunteers. That's amazing. Uh, Kelly, jump in whenever you want to, dear. Um, that wasn't a dear patronizing really... dear. Don't everyone yell at <laughs> no. me. I didn't mean it that way. I know. Um, no, I'm, I mean, I don't really have anything to put in right now, but it's interesting just hearing all of it. I'm enjoying listening, Some, but I'll, I'll jump in when I have something to say. Tracy, what was preparing for the exam for the CR, C, let's try that again, CFMP, um, like, like, you know, were there books and classes and things like that? And what was the exam? Was it multiple choice? Was it so there's no books. Um, it's just uh, all online. And I just, you, you watch the videos and there's two tracks. There's a track for suppliers and a track for planners. Oh, interesting. So you could do a supplier uh, CFMP as well. And um, I just took a lot of notes and then it's like uh, a 20 question um, exam for each module. Mm -hmm. And there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine modules. Um, budgeting for faith-based, risk management and safety and security, exhibit management, food and beverage management, understanding events and contracts, beginner's guide to record keeping, terminology, mm. acronyms, definitions, and best practices for new planners. So it's a lot, I, what it felt like after having taken the CMP, it felt like the CFMP were for those who maybe hadn't done anything yet, like it was a, a place to start. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was a lot of great baseline um, information. Good. So it could be a standalone or an additional one. Yep, um, absolutely. Very neat. Um, anything else you want to add about RCMA? Although I did, yeah, way too much talking about it. But I really, I, that organization just was just so enlightening and enjoyable. And yeah, everything about it I loved. But yeah, I like the, I like the networking and the education that I get out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where is it? it? They just had it probably, right? Because it was usually in the winter, yeah. like January, February. It's in January. So I, I was only able to go one year because it was in Chicago because I, I had to do it and then leave or it was either that and then come right back. So it was one of the two because our conference is always in January as well. So, so you're not getting was, to go. No. So it was because it was here in our in our hometown, I could go. Mm. Um, but I, I get to watch the, the replays and things. Very neat. Yeah. So, um, go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm waiting for this Tracy Bear story. Oh, yeah. So, um, any of you who have ever been in a class with me or maybe even some other non-class sessions know that I'm really uh, huge into copyright and music, licen music licensing is what started it years ago. I, I wrote an article that actually got published in The Meeting Professional on music licensing and it just it, a lot of things have, have triggered that so if you've ever been in class with me or a session or read some of the stuff i've written you know this is a thing with me a very big thing and the thing is most people who are violating music licensing have no idea that they are they uh, you know uh, and i am actually hoping on doing a podcast sometime over the next couple of months on copyright and intellectual property people have asked for one and so i'm hoping to do that more than music but the others so i talk about this in my class because it is in you know the study materials for the cmp and and we talk about examples and 
you know, different things people have run into or done. And of course, you know, the first thing is when I start talking about the first thing is, is you hear this gasp and people scrambling and looking confused because they just realized they could be in a heck of a lot of trouble because almost everyone violates it unknowingly. So Tracy was in the class and she goes, oh yeah, I have a story about that when I was talking about it. So for those of you who've been in the class since 2019, you've heard it. Um, you just didn't know it was this Tracy. So now you get to meet the the famous Tracy of this story. Um, and for the rest of you, hopefully this will be a, hmm, maybe I need to look into it. So why don't you tell us your story? Well, I tell it the same way you do. <laughs> 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 so I was producing the weekend services at our church, and then you know we stream them now out to we stream them out to the um, remote campuses. And for this particular weekend, we had a guest speaker who happened to be the runner-up from a talent show. Uh, can we say the names of yeah, the talent? Yeah, so. so America's Got Talent. So we had Ketchy from America's Got Talent uh, as a guest. And as she was getting up to speak, we um, played like a, a welcome video. It kind of gives a little background on, on Ketchy and it also tells the audience like, you know, why she's here. And we have a feed on Facebook and um, our website as well. <clears throat> and as she was getting up to speak, we play this little video clip of her and her audition. And not seconds later, our producer, uh, the uh, uh, director, she's like, our feed is down. The campuses aren't getting anything. I'm like, what's happening? Somebody, somebody find out what's happening. You know, is websites down? Facebook is down. You know, campuses don't get any feed. We were violate. We got shut down. America's Got Talent shut us down because we had not copyrighted the clip of catchy singing um, from the commercial or from the little snippet that we played. And so they shut our feed down. So we had to go through hoops and whatnot in order to be able to get our feedback so that we could finish our church service. So the campuses missed a huge chunk of that particular service. And then after that, from the next services on, we had to put a slide up that said copyrighted material being played or something along those lines. So that in that you know two minute moment, everybody else was seeing a slide. The people in the room could see the video but nobody else was able to see the video because we didn't have the copyright to be able to play that because it was going streaming out, out of the room. So, <laughs> and I remember you saying to me, and we never would have thought we were doing anything wrong. We would think yeah. America's Got Talent would be happy we were promoting them yeah. and everything. We just like, got it right off the internet. We just took off YouTube. Yep. And that's the classic. And that may have been where you brought it up because I, you know, one of the biggest things that's done damage to creative and intellectual property is the internet. Well, it's done harm, but then in a minute I'll tell the reverse because people say, well, I just got it off the internet. If I got it off the internet, it's okay to play it. No, 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 it isn't. Um, everything is copyrighted, but I won't do the whole copyright speech here right now. But the other thing is, is the flip side is because of technology and the internet, they can pick it up. And that's why she was shut down in seconds. 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 I couldn't believe it. So and fast. that blew me away when you told me. I mean, the technology that they could pick that up on a relatively private live stream broadcast 
versus, and I shouldn't be saying live stream because it might not have been live stream, that's trademark too. But anyway, some kind of, you know, it wasn't being broadcast to the world. It was being broadcast to these four locations or three or two or whatever. But the fact that the technology is so advanced now that it could find it, connect it and say, nope, they don't have permission and shut it down everywhere was just amazing to me too. I've sat through... uh many of joanne's classes and when we when we get to this topic every time it gets very lively <laughs> people are saying well, what do you mean I, I i play this all the time i've never been caught or i don't understand i got know. it off the internet yeah I, yeah 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 so the that is the famous catchy creative property america's got talent uh you know a story and and tracy lived it much to her dismay um yeah yeah terrifying as a volunteer producer i'm thinking what did i do who touched something you know because yeah. everybody panics cause and here's our happening. big keynote speaker yeah. and entertainer and because i assume she was singing also um and yeah all gone totally gone some unknown reason gone yeah yeah so um anything else you'd like to share with us about your career your job your thoughts your you know do everything joanne says oh no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> maybe for the exam but exactly. you know. <laughs> i've met i've met other um cfps who've done other classes and failed and said i should have done i should have done joanne's class first well thank you there it uh they they did the other things that you shouldn't do. They memorized yeah. the copy chart and done other things. And it's like you know what, it, Joanne has got a system that works. And I think honestly, if I hadn't met you and done your class, I probably still wouldn't have my CMP because I would have been still too afraid to even try. Well, thank you. That and you know that's that part of it is as important to me. And I guess the other part that's really important is, do you use what you learned? Oh my gosh, all the time. Yes. Okay. All the time. And I'm I'm even more so grateful for the language that it gives me because when I sit in a in a room with Disney executives and we're talking about, you know, the site visit and or contract negotiation and whatnot, I feel like I actually can hold, hold my own because I have a, a foundation of, of language to use and I'm not fumbling around trying to come up with a word for certain things because I learned it. Uh, it's been ingrained in me because I read the books and I we talked it out and yeah so and that I, talking it out I think is the important part because that's how you yeah. actually learn it and apply it as opposed to just memorize it and I bet you use the break even formulas a bit since yes. you have to set pricing and and things yep. like that yep. um, so uh, um, so Tracy was it you <coughs> if it wasn't. Uh, Please correct me, but but was it you that responded on uh, Joanne CMP community to me? Yes. Yeah, thank you. I, I put something out there about attending a 150-person WebEx where they called oh. the roll call, and Seriously. it was horrible. People were on mute. They weren't. They didn't know it. Or two people tried to talk at once, and they called. It was a 30 minutes of just sheer frustration. I was upset. Um, I could hear him in the other room, like I can't believe it. Who would do that? They and There's I just so many other ways to get that information. I just attended a smaller meeting, and had twenty people, and they did another roll call <coughs> with this organization. So, uh, oh, what we could 
say government organization. Federal government. Federal yes. government Bureaucrats. organization. So. A committee on a federal government we'll just leave it at that yeah but it, but thanks for bringing up the community and tracy thanks for getting involved in that um i'll be posting um i'm i'm not a cmp but i i live with one and if you live with one you sort of kind of he's also sat through my class more times we won't talk about the fact he plays his game on his phone during it but anyway he had but uh um something oh shoot where were we going with this um, but yeah, it, for those of you who don't know, uh, we had a CMP community on LinkedIn and LinkedIn changed a lot of things. So we have set up a separate community on a platform called Mighty Network. So if you have ever been in any of my face-to-face, -face, what was a three-day class then became a two-day class, the very first class was actually 10 days, three hours. If you're any of those, if you've been in any of the virtual classes, that I've taught since the pandemic, but we also expanded the community to include those of you who also maybe did something at one of the professional associations with me. So they weren't my classes, they were the organization's classes, um, like CMP at C and at WEC, PEC, Meet Different, even RCMA, although that was a half day one, um, but that would be fine too. So it, it's a invite only, <coughs> excuse me, community. But we'd love to have you get involved, and we're beginning to separate it out. In fact, Tracy, take a look soon. I don't know if Kelly's gotten Chicago up as one of the geographical destinations. We're starting to set up groups around geographical clusters so people can actually know who's around them, too, or if they're traveling, maybe who they might want to get to I think to the know. newest one was your independent planners topic group. Yep, we have an independent planners mm -hmm. group, so people can post it that's what they do so you know they're available a little bit of word out for them and then for those of you who might need to hire an independent planner be able to find someone in our group too what was it i just posted yesterday or day before remember uh, we were talking about and you said you had to post that there'll be a lot of postings from from me that um <clears throat> it's kind of a uh, i got one foot under the tent and i don't always understand it but i'll throw stuff out there just for fun sometimes yeah, he's pretty amazed with everything. And I know he learned a lot today from Tracy, yes. and so did Kelly, and so did I, about just who thinks of... That's the thing that's amazed me, and that's one of the things I love about teaching my class and everything, or networking at the conferences, that you find people who are planning meetings and events that never would have dawned on you. So it's like, oh, really? I mean, we know as a whole, the industry people go, wait, Wait, someone pays you to do that? You know, that's a real job. But then there's that's even within our group that we go, wait, you plan meetings for churches? You know, like that kind of thing. So yeah. anything you'd like to add, Tracy? I could go on for days, so we should just probably stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we all know I could go on for days. Um, well, you know what? We'll get you on a, another topic. Maybe when we do the creative uh, one or something like that, or if we do one on uh, inclusivity and you can talk about some of how you have to think about this in faith-based, we'll, we'll find another reason to get sure. you on. Sounds, uh, I love you. Sounds good. And and I know you finally got your unbroken chair and easels. It did. It's right here. <laughs> <laughs> and um, nobody else is looking but I know. Yes! <laughs> and i made a special canvas and easel for tracy um, be, uh, yep. at the catchy uh, for the catchy story and it's what did it say on it something about 
copyright? Who owns the copyright? Who owns the copyright? <laughs> That's right. I made that one specifically for her. So anyway, thank you so much for taking this time this morning. Kelly, anything you wanted to ask uh, Tracy before we got off or say about it? Well, just thank you. It's, I've been, I loved hearing all your story. Oh, and I, I'm a big fan of your story that Joanne tells in class. <laughs> I remember when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, what a nightmare. And I had no idea they had that kind of technology out there. So yeah, big fan of that story. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, well, seriously, so appreciative. Glad we got to you know, now when I say, oh, wow, I actually met someone face to face because most of my students in the past two years, I've only met two of oh. the students who were new students for me since the pandemic happened. I've only met two. And it's just so weird because I remember sitting and eating lunch with you and, you know, our mm -hmm. crazy pictures with the blankets out at the fountains and everything like that. So, um yeah. But thanks so much, and yeah, hopefully we'll get you back on. Thanks for being active in the CMP community. Really appreciate that. Uh, Steve, anything? It's fun. It's fun? Good. Yeah. No, I, I learned a lot. I, I had no idea. So, I'm you know, this industry is pretty wild. I'll just go back to my internal revenue code. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, one of the neat things when I've – when I first started talking about careers in the field, this is a good example of it. And I told people, if you love meetings and events, but you don't love what you do, there is a place for anyone who loves meetings and events in the industry. It may be the types of meetings and events you're planning, like, you know, faith or medical or, you know, having a purpose behind them. And it's such a diverse industry in so many ways in terms of what people do you can find the one that fits for you. I'm really convinced. If you love meetings and events, there is a place for you. You just maybe have to dig because you don't know it exists, you know? So, uh, well, thank you so much to all three of you for being on today. And um, with that... Uh, we'll, we'll get this posted soon. Well, they will be yeah. hearing it we don't have to tell them that because right. it will be posted by the time they hear this yeah. it would have been posted yeah i got it yeah we got it um so and uh don't forget if you're not on if you qualify to be in the community and you want to be uh you know reach out to us if you didn't get the invitation um it's supposed to be a cmp right no See? they had to have been in my cmp oh, classes they the don't class. have to have finished the oh. journey yet oh i've been in your class so yeah you're in the community mm. um so uh and the e-guide so a lot of you i know are already know us so that's great so again thank you so much uh happy this is the you know we're at, kind of at the beginning of the spring so hopefully this is uh, a great season for all of us in so many ways so thank you so much, and we'll get together on the next edition of Sit in the Attendees Chair.